Welcome to Shooting the Ish with a Brit, the podcast where David, a white British man, and Jen, a black American woman, shoot the shit. Ish, she means ish, about whatever we want. British dinky deckers. Check. American bonnets. Check. Even mysterious potatoes. Oh, double check. So join us for another episode of Shooting the Ish with a Brit. Welcome to Shooting the Ish with a Brit, you guys. Um, I'm Jen. And I'm David the Brit. Hello. And we're here for the very last episode of our season three. This time we're talking about our relationships with 2020. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and it's also one of the last things we're doing in 2020 is recording this episode. And, you know, the listeners will be listening to it right at the top of the new year, um, which I think uh, we can collectively say this is one thing everyone can agree on. We really hope it's fucking better than 2020 for the world, right? <laughs> yeah. We, we, got, we got to think it is. There's, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of light at the end of this tunnel in 2020. And, and there's a lot of potential for 2021. So uh, me personally, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Me yeah, too. Yeah. Um, and and uh, as Jen said, we're kind of, this episode is just going to be her and I. And we thought we would, considering the year it's been, um, and, and also considering the impact of you know what we've been doing together, it, it felt right to do kind of a retrospective of some of the big things that we've been thinking about this year and, and that have come into play for us individually and together and, and uh, as, a, as a species, I guess. Um, and each of us have kind of got three subjects we're going to talk about and neither of us know what the other, the other subjects are. So we're just going to, we're going to shoot the shit a little bit and, and get into it. So I'm, I'm going to invite you, Jen, to, to get started. Okay. Um, one of the biggest stories was uh, Brianna Taylor, who was murdered by the police in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and it made me reflect on no-knock warrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no-knock warrants have now been banned in Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. um, which is good news. And it's actually named after Brianna Taylor. It's called Brianna's yes. Law. Yeah. And so just reflecting on that um, just made me realize like how many like laws and policies we as people aren't really aware of and how something can be legal, but immoral, you know? Um, So when you think about all of the laws that you have been privy to, you're like, damn, that's like fucked up. You know what I mean? Like that's unethical, that's immoral, uh, but it's legal, right? So legality and morality are not like synonymous, you know? Mm-hmm. So now we have a 26 year old woman who was a frontline worker, now dead, uh, and morally and unethically dead, but mm-hmm. you know, it was, it, was, it was legal to do that, unfortunately. Um, and so that was one of the biggest uh, stories for me. And um, again, it just really solidified the fact that there are so many things that I don't know, so many policies and laws that I don't know, and how important it is uh, to vote locally. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That's, it's really interesting that, that this uh, subject is one of yours, because I, 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 it must be two, three days ago, like that recently, that, that something prompted me to think about laws that we don't know that mm-hmm. that we can kind of 
be going around and, and living our lives on a day-to-day basis. And at times, we could well be breaking the law. We just don't know about it. You know, because things that you think are just so normal and part of life and, and ethically correct and whatnot, but they're illegal to do. I can't remember what inspired it in me now, but, but it did make me think about it. So it's, it, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Um, and local elections, absolutely. All the, all the props and whatnot and, and everything that, because they all play a big part in, in people's lives. And quite often, and I, I would say the majority of people don't look into it, right? When they go and vote for the general elections and whatnot, they don't go into the detail and really look at what something uh, contains and what something is intended to, to do. Um, and, and in turn, they don't know how things are changing. So like you just said, you know, we, we just don't know what the laws are historically. We also don't know what the new ones are because they're never advertised, right? There's no, at least there's not a, like a big platform for that. We just, there's no awareness. There's no, you know what it was? I thought about it, I was driving and there was something that happened when I was driving. I'm like, I wonder if that's legal. I, I just, I generally didn't know. And I wouldn't know really where to look. You know, obviously Google, but you know what I'm saying. Like it's where to find it, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was one of the yeah. biggest ones for me. Yeah, and I mean, well, and and the no, not warrant. That's obviously an extremely significant one, and, and in this case, has resulted in in someone's like unjustifiable death, and that's horrific. So that's a that's it's kind of amazing that that's been turned over so quickly. Quite honestly, looking at how our government has worked this year, in particular. Yeah. Um, so, so that 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 is a positive that that when something is highlighted like this, that it can be changed. You know, there there exactly. is room for that, which is good. Exactly. Yeah. That is the key word. It can be changed. It can. But yeah. depending on whoever is in office, they'll block it because of their own interests. You know, mm-hmm. it may be placating the police or the mayor. You know, whoever it is. Yeah. Um, absolutely. A lot of this stuff is just optics and marketing, anyway you know, mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, so yeah, that was a big one for me. What about for yeah. you? Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about actually was um, the podcast, this this in general, um, quite honestly. And and I'll, I'll say it from a personal perspective. Um, and, and this is partly as well as thank you to you because this year, um, you know, it's obviously been difficult for the world. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have a pretty consistent and, and prosperous year in the sense that I survived. I was. I could do what I wanted to do. I was content. I kept my full-time job, and and I was able to do a lot of other stuff outside of that, just because of the situation. But a huge part of that is because we have done and we did do this podcast this year, and so a, a big part of my year, which will be my second subject, is creativity. But the podcast in itself, I, I wouldn't be in a position to be creative or as creative as I am now without us having gone through this the last couple of years. Now, this has really been an incredibly insightful experience for me. Um, uh, the amount of knowledge I've gained, the amount of experience, life experience, quite honestly, you know, learning about your history and, and, and your, your culture and your background, as well as all our guests. Um, and, and in particular, this season, why I think it's our best season so far, uh, even on a personal level, um, is because we really delve deep into key relationships in our lives as human beings. And most of those relationships are unavoidable as well. So it, it's something that historically I've never done, right? So mm-hmm. it was it was really fascinating this year to delve into it in that respect. And uh, it's, it's helped me so much, it's inspired me so much, and it's given me some amazing tools to, to, that, I, that I've used in, my, in the rest of my life. 
So, and so thank you for your part in that and, and doing this with me because I'm, I'm so glad we do. And I'm so excited for next season. And it's been one of the, you know, honestly in 2020 on the list of things we've achieved, we, we recorded 13 episodes of a podcast with a lot of guests. And that's, that's something to be said about that. And, and I think that the work we produced is, I, I feel very happy about it and content and, and quite honestly proud of what we've achieved. So. I agree. I'm glad that that's one of the um, things that you loved about this year because I feel the same way too. And I'm really proud of the relationship that we've uh, made stronger, you know, and being producing partners. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of work to produce a podcast, coming up with the ideas, um, coming up with the structure, finding people to actually um, come on the show that will add value to the topic. Um, all of the behind the scenes stuff, it's, it's like a lot. And so having a partner like you who shows up uh, is really important. So yes, I agree. I'm really um, happy about the work that we did. In this year also though, we finished up the last season. So we technically kind of like did two True. seasons yeah. this year, which I actually forgot about. Um, Me too until right this moment, yeah. Yeah, because actually the, yeah. one of our last episodes was about the coronavirus. Yes, it was. The last season. Yes, that's it funny. was. Wow, how about that? That's interesting. I, know. I mean, that's, 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 that, that shows how long this year's been, I guess, and, and we're so close to the end of it. I know. I know. How, how's, it, how's it making, before we go on to your, your next subject, how's it making you feel that we're at the end of this year now? Like what? I, feel, I feel relief. I feel pride. I feel joy. Like, those are the three main feelings. Mm -hmm. Um. So what's interesting is I know, and understandably, a lot of people are looking forward to jumping into the new year because it's a clean slate, right? Mm -hmm. I don't really feel that way. Like I am really content in today and allowing mm -hmm. today to be a new beginning despite the, the new year. Do you know what I mean? So that's where mm -hmm. I am in life. And I think this year has really, especially with the loss of my job this year, this has really allowed me to look at time uh, in a way where it's like almost not real and that I could use time. I could look at time in any way that I want. I can use time in any way that I want. Mm -hmm. um, because before, you know, when I had most recent nine to five, everything revolved around that nine to five, getting up at mm -hmm. a certain time to find into that nine to five, getting off. To and so anything that comes you know, after or before, I will look at, at my time, right? But mm -hmm. this year has really allowed me to look at every day as a new beginning and to shape it however I want to. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree with that sentiment, honestly. Um, I, I kind of wrote a list the other day of everything that I've achieved this year. And I'm like, well, fuck me. This is this has been a good year. Like I'm, I'm really content with it, and and the, yeah. several of those big things. I mean, some of them will stick with me for the rest of my life, and some of them are, are, are you know are part way through, and, and they're going to continue and be finished into 2021, right? So, um, it's 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 just been as, as difficult as it's been for around the world, and and the hardest thing, as I've always said, is that I you know I can't go back to England, right? I haven't seen my family and friends for like a year and a half, and probably won't for another six months, but. Um, it's, it's kind of allowed me to focus on other things, you know, not being able to travel, which I often do. Um, and then, um, 
yeah, it's just it's just been it's been positive. Um, I'm I'm feeling good about being at the end of it more so. I think just for the the general mentality in this country, you know, yeah. like people have been looking though though it doesn't affect us necessarily. Like it's just another day, right? It's moving into it. The 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 importance of January first, twenty twenty one is more significant than many probably any year that most of us have lived. Right? Quite honestly. Yeah. That's true. Um, so that's exciting. So uh, in, in my head, the way I'm looking at it is I'm hoping that next year there's just this, there's more of a positive mentality with people. You know, we, we, we make the shift, we move forward, you know, as we get through towards the end of January and Biden comes in and, and several things change. Hopefully Georgia runoffs are successful for the Democrats and whatnot. And it just, it, hopefully the year begins with a lot of optimism, a lot of opportunity and, and just on the right footing. And that, that's what I'm hoping for, you know, for everyone. Um, that that would be just a, such a fantastic start to the year. I agree completely. Yeah. Um, so what else what else did you have on your list? Um, another notable event of this year was Joe Budden leaving Spotify. Do you know who Joe Budden is? No idea. So no Joe idea. Budden is the amazing razzle behind Pump It Up. Um, it's like a very poppy rap song. It's probably one of the worst songs he's ever made, to be honest. He's <laughs> very like ashamed of it. He's a way better lyricist than that song, but that's what I know him from. Right. And I got to know him better through my partner, you know, through Ishmael. Mm -hmm. So Ishmael really loves uh, watching the Joe Budden podcast. So it's on YouTube, but they also had a contract with Spotify where you get to listen to it. So anyway, this year, Joe Budden and his crew they include Maul, Rory, and um, what is the sound engineer's name? All of a sudden, I cannot remember. Anyway, so all of them decided to not renew their contract with Spotify because they felt like they were not getting their just due financially. Um, okay. As somebody who listens to podcasts, produces a podcast, and also understands what makes a successful podcast, I mm -hmm. get where Joe Budden was coming from. What he was yeah. saying was, Spotify doesn't get it. They're giving these contracts, millions of dollar contracts, to people who are not podcasters, like Michelle Obama, first former First Lady Michelle Obama, like Kim Kardashian, like Harry, Duke and Duchess, you know, Harry and Meghan. Mm -hmm. And his point was, our podcast is doing amazing numbers. We know the numbers, and we know how those numbers should be translated into dollars and y'all are not giving us that one example he gave was i think uh, at one point they had given them watches i want to say there were rolexes if there may be above rolex somebody let me know um but the point is they they don't need that you know what i mean like give them their just due so they decided to leave and now they're independent now this story was really important for me again because me now working for myself it was so um, admirable mm -hmm. for me to see men, black men specifically, even though Rory is a white guy, but to see these mostly black men veer away from working for somebody else, making money for somebody else, and having a quote-unquote steady income and being like, fuck all y'all, because y'all are not giving us what we need, so we're going to do our own thing because we believe in ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have the following. The money follows us. We're going to do our thing. Yeah. So shout out to Joe Budden uh, and the Joe Budden podcast because they are really inspiring folks to 
to do their own to do their own thing you know so yeah, yeah. let me ask you one question about that um because I, I i think that's amazing i completely agree and, and good for them you, as you know, I'm someone who just, I trust my gut, right? And, and, I, and I go with what I think is the right choice and, and not necessarily just for me, but for the greater good as best as possible. So good for them to, to really sticking to that and having the courage to do it because it does take a lot of courage to do something like that, it especially does. with, you know, one of the two dominant podcast providers in the world. So good for them. Um, the second thing is, is as far as paying them their, their dues and what they should be paid, do you know what the, the listener figures were comp- like, the former former first lady Michelle Obama compared to Joe Budden's podcast. Is it similar? Good question. I don't know yeah. that. And I don't know if okay. that is publicly available. This is what I right. can say when, when you know, right. again, somebody who listens to podcasts, mm-hmm. one of the ways that I'll find a podcast is if uh, something has gone viral. Joe Budden mm-hmm. podcast goes viral all the time. There's always right. some kind of clip of them. Joe Budden has a very strong, convicted opinion about things, which I think is mm-hmm. one of the successful ways of having the podcast. I feel like both of us can be very convicted. I think Agreed. most will probably need them than you, to be honest. But I think having a strong point of view allows people to tune in. So for some people, Joe Budden can sound very ignorant. Other people can find him to be like, like extremely intelligent in what he's saying. Unfortunately, Michelle Obama podcast, of course, I love former Michelle Obama, okay, (laughs) former first lady Michelle Obama, I love her, I love what she stands for, Mm -hmm. but I never heard anything about that podcast. I also listened to the first episode, it was not titillating, it was Mm -hmm. not inspiring at all, and I think to Joe Budden's point, podcasters are really um they're mastering the art of podcasting right Mm -hmm. and so former first lady michelle obama although she is an influencer she's not the same kind of influencer that a podcast would necessarily you know do her justice or allow her to be successful you know what i'm saying so i didn't hear anything viral about the michelle obama podcast i also did not hear them ending the season it kind of like ended abruptly so i don't even know what's going on with it mm-hmm. um so yeah to your question it's like i never heard about it so just from that right. i don't think it was successful the, the, the kind of what i was getting at uh, was that let's say for example michelle obama gets a million listeners right let's see forget that forget the listeners for now uh, up front you have joe budden who has his podcast which was he was he known before the podcast or was the podcast what got him now he was so he had some status obviously not michelle obama status because you know that's something else um so primarily as as a business in a business sense right thinking that's what spotify is obviously working towards getting a michelle obama on the platform makes a whole lot of sense and and she and she already charges a certain rate right so that's what she's she's going to get paid then that's completely fine there's nothing wrong with that whether she's a podcaster or not like she has a value she's got to right she's gotten this is her price that's it joe budden joe budden also probably had a price before and, and i would imagine it's less than michelle obama's but what i will say is at the end of the day let's say michelle obama's getting you know a hundred thousand or a million listeners every episode and joe budden's getting the same they should be paid the same it's exactly. there's no there's no question like it's, it's as simple as that so i understand initially why someone would get paid more money but in success, there should be some kind of attributed kind of 
value to that because um, essentially you're bringing those those listeners to the platform right and that's the goal of getting paying these podcasters to do so so i'd be curious to see what the numbers are and see if that's relative or not um uh, and uh, yeah but but again I, I i good for them because it clearly wasn't working for them great right. fuck it simple as that that's it that's all that should matter really and and they, they, they i'm sure they tried to work it out and negotiate unsuccessfully right. sadly and and they said that's it you know the, the thing is if you're not if unless you can walk away from a situation you're not negotiating right so and and they could and they did and good for them for doing so because again that takes a lot of courage it really does yep, that's a word and i want to just shout out i i remember the sound engineer's name because he is a part of the group parks what up parks he was integral to one of the versus battles too so that's all i say about that so what's <laughs> uh what's your second one <laughs> um creativity in general and i feel like i feel i feel like this is a good one for both of us because um, I know you've always, you know, been creative to an extent as well, but in the last couple of years, I've also seen your creative, you know, what, what you were doing creatively grow and grow and increase and increase. And, and the same time as mine has, and as, as I said earlier, you know, the podcast has been part of that, right? It's kind of given me the confidence, given me the permission, given me uh, ability, training me and, and to, to interact with people and whatnot. And it's been really incredibly helpful with that. Um, the other aspect of it is it helps me understand people and what people need and want and like and whatnot and being creative that's a really useful awareness to have um and for me um my creativity it is ne it was never really a thing um artistic creativity for most of my life and partly it was because you know my career like that what i focused on the job i did and though we're working the film and television it's still very practical and logistical and whatnot and there absolutely is creativity within it and I, and I try and be as creative as possible but it's different um and also growing up like i was more artistic as a kid but i was kind of trained out of it do you know what i mean it wasn't like a thing that was in my circle mm -hmm. and it was too encouraged so even though i went to an arts college by the way i just kind of stuck to my stuff right um i wasn't I, I guess i didn't really have the confidence to to roll with it like i knew i had creative chops um but i just never really had the the the, the ability mental ability to really lean into it until this year in particular last year for sure somewhat but this year has just been like opening the floodgates for me um and and the notable things for me this year um developed a movie which I'm just very excited about and, and, and I feel really good about that, um, that story and, and that, that what we're trying to do with that. Um, and then I've also made a book this year, um, which you've been very helpful with and, and gave me your great feedback. Thank you again. Um, and that, that book, um, uh, which some of you listeners will absolutely get, um, it, that book was, it, it's a collection of photos, music, and, and essentially part of my experience of 2020. And, Throughout this year, I've been taking photos of the world around me and the neighborhoods in LA and the street and whatnot, you know, goings on. And I, I really enjoyed doing that. Um, but during that process, I'm, I like, I always wanted to share those pictures, right? Or some of those pictures. And I don't have Instagram, I don't have Facebook. So I didn't really have the platform to do it. Um, so often I would share with people like you, you know, every so often you'll get a, a dump of photos from me from a, a day when I've been out taking pictures. Um, as, as do a lot of our, my other friends and family. Um, I still, it wasn't enough, but because of the, the, the growth and creativity in me, it, 
the idea for a book came and it grew and it grew and it, and it, and it snowballed and snowballed into, you know, you've seen it and, and other people have seen it. And I'm just, I'm really proud of it and I'm really excited about it. And it's also what I think is the start of a certain aspect of who I am and what I do and what I produce. Um, it's, it's kind of a real insight into to the way I think about things. Um, and I think it's a really good tool to, to share that with people, um, especially in a year where we haven't seen those people we love and care for, you know, that we normally would spend time with and experience. So, so creativity for me this year, and there's, there's other ways and other different things I've been working on, but those are two, are two of the big things. And I'm just, I'm really grateful um, for that inspiration. And, and even again, working from home, as you said earlier, to have a full-time job, right? it's a busy job there's no there's no working around that and sure you might get the odd quiet day but it's pretty consistently busy um and, and i know that 2021 for example is going to be very busy as you also said that time before you start work and that time after work is your own and because of the ability because we're working from home you know i get up at 6 30 every morning at hours before i even need to get on my computer for work and that's amazing. And if I had to go to the office and, and do that and do this, I wouldn't have had nearly as much time. And I definitely wouldn't be nearly as much creative as I am now. So, so that's, that's, you know, that silver lining of the pandemic and working from home is it's, it's allowed me to, to lean into it, gain my confidence and, and enjoy it, quite honestly, and be fulfilled from it as well. Yeah, I love that this time has allowed you to um, really lean into your creativity. I love that you um, just even had the perspective to lean into it. Because I think, you know, sometimes, even with you being a single man with no kids and not married, right? People look at it that helps. as a privilege. Yeah, it definitely does help. But people of the same demographic could also be like, you know, I'm feeling lonely, right? They might lean more into the loneliness aspect of it or sit in it for a little too long and then they're not able to fulfill their creativity. Um, so yeah, I'm just like very proud of you for um, leaning into that. That is really, really good. Um, mm -hmm. I also think that everybody has some type of creativity in them, you mm -hmm. know, which is pretty cool. I think I had that realization here. So with me having, you know, worked in production insurance for years, Nobody really thinks of insurance as like a um, creative sort of uh, industry, but it, it really is actually, when I think about it, um, trying to come up with ways in order to have a little girl do a stunt, right, on Barry, for example, um, and not have it completely shut down, you know, like getting all the details and figuring out, well, how can we do this? That's a way of being creative. Anytime you're solving a problem, you're being creative. Agreed. So every single person is creative. And I think, again, it's really great that you leaned into yours and manifested it in so many ways, most recently with a book, which I'm looking forward to seeing in real life. So mm -hmm. congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and then what next for you? What is next for me? The last one for me is going to be so... Let me tell you. Okay? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm so excited. You. <laughs> I, was just, I was crying. I was crying last night. Ishmael and I watched it. First of all, I had just like um, let the Disney Plus subscription expire because I had gotten it for free for a year through Verizon. Wireless. Okay. 
So I want to say a month ago, I let it expire. Then I kept seeing all these black people on Twitter talking about how amazing it was. And I listened to my black people, okay? And then my mom told me, is it like Jamie Foxx in that? And I was like, Jamie Foxx? So I, <laughs> Jamie Foxx is like my second favorite comedian of all time, okay? I was like, oh my God. So then I reviewed that damn subscription. Ishmael and I watched it. We were on the couch. Near the end of it, I'm sobbing. He's like touching my face. And so he's like, are you crying? I was like, yes. Because the movie, and I'm not going to give any spoilers. I'll just give you the, the long Please. run. Yeah. It's about a man who believes that his dreams have been deferred as um, a jazz pianist. And so for so many years, he became a teacher. As this one line in some movie said, those who can't do teach, you know. Mm -hmm. So he just felt like he never got his break and he felt like he never reached his purpose. And so right when he lands a gig as an older giant in his middle age, whatever that means, technically we're middle age, so who the, who the hell knows? Um, <laughs> so at his middle age, um, he finally gets like a gig that he's excited about. He's like, oh my God, this is it. And all of a sudden he dies. <laughs> And so he's entered into this, I call it heaven. They never call it what it is, but I'm just using human mm -hmm. words that I know. That, that's or a little bit of a spoiler, like, by the way. Just, that's that's not, a little bit of no, a spoiler. Because so, no, it's not. Because so, people know this part, that he dies. They know it. But then, so I'm going to say that, because actually I didn't spoil anything. So anyway, he learns through, like, uh, an unborn soul what it really means to like live and that it has nothing to do with purpose so if it has nothing to do with purpose then what is it so that's why you have to watch it because a lot of times we think you know us getting up every day is to accomplish some tangible purpose and so this movie really challenges that and um as my as my partner said this is the movie that we all deserve to see at the end of 2020 I like it. Well, I, I'm uh, I'm excited about it. I mean, even um, before it came out, like it was already being talked about as something very significant and special. So I'm 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 really excited to see it. And yeah. let me tell you, like these um these animation movies, which I guess they could categorize them as kids movies, but a lot of times they were like speaking. They speak to both. I think that's the G. Hundred percent. Okay. Of course it is. Yeah. Amazing, because they're talking yeah. to us adults and they're talking to the kids. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Toy Story 4 had me in tears. Any kind of anime, like you, I'm guaranteed near the end of it, I'm going to be crying because it's just so yep. touching. Like, it's just about a lot of the things are like community, you know, about um, being one, you know, with other people, with God, with nature, mm -hmm. uh, you know, destroying your ego. Mm -hmm. Man, it's amazing. So yeah, you you'll have to share with me what you think after you do it. Jamie Foxx just as you know, voice acting is hard. Okay. Yeah. For anybody listening, these voice actors be acting, okay? So like these people that are on the Simpsons, they are acting. And Jamie mm -hmm. Foxx just killed it again. I didn't even know he could be a boy. I mean, what can you say about that man? It's it's kind of like uh, when someone says smile with your eyes, right? When if you you know you hide your face and the ability to smile with your eyes, just hearing someone's voice, 
you know, you you really gotta you gotta make your own mind up about it as well, and really invest in that mentally. And if they're good at it, it's really easy to do that, and and a great thing. You know, that's cool. Yeah. Um, that, well, I'm very excited. I'm sure, honestly, I'm probably going to be in tears as well, considering the, the subject. <laughs> I already love the subject matter, um, and uh, I've certainly been in tears at Disney movies in the past. Um, but by the way, and the adult themes that they they've been in Disney movies since they were 2D. Like you yeah. watch back some of those, like I watched Robin Hood recently, which is one of my old favorite old Disney movies. And there's, there's so many great adult jokes in that. It's just, it's, it's so funny and timeless. Um, and I think that's why these movies are timeless, honestly, is yeah. because the child and the adult humor, right? You can relate to it. You know, when you watch it as a kid, you'll watch it 30 years later, 50 years later. And, and firstly, you get the nostalgia from, from being a kid and enjoying it. And then secondly, like, well, shit, I didn't get that joke back then. And why would you? Mm-hmm. Right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's funny. On that subject, actually, um, uh, you know, I've, I've re-watched, I rewatched stuff, right? It's TV series, movies at times, more so TV series these days, which those I think are phenomenal, you know, influential and important and have things to teach me. And um, I thought about it recently because someone said to me, you know, why, why are you watching that series for the fifth time? I'm like, because firstly, because every time you see it, you see something different, right? You learn something new, you, you see different nuances, you see in an actor, in, in, in the story, whatever it is. Um, but really, so because I am wiser, I am more aware of myself, more aware of the world, and I understand things more now. And, and the show, the example I use is The Sopranos. There's so much I've picked up on rewatching again recently that even two, three years ago, I wouldn't have picked up on. And, and even partly American culture, right? There's so many things that they talk about in there. I had no idea what those things were, but now I'm like, oh yeah, of course, that makes complete sense now. Yeah. And, it, and it's more, more. So um, I think it's, it's, it's important to rewatch stuff, actually. And, and you, you get a lot from it. You really do. I'm, I'm sure Soul is one of those movies we'll watch more than once. Me and Ishmael and I are going to watch it again tonight, and I'm going to be doing balls on the floor. <laughs> um, so, what's, what's your last one? Uh, my last one is related, funnily enough, um, and it's the, the cinema industry. Mm. And this is kind of looking ahead. Yeah, because it's been, it's been a big contentious issue for years, by the way, right? The, you know, the, the potential death of the film industry, or like the, the cinema industry. And, and the first thing I'll say to that is that about eight, nine years ago, um, I was working in movies, like high-end Hollywood movies um, in the UK and, and internationally. But it was at a time where I'm like, shit, television is, is the thing. Like, that's the future. That's where it's all going. It's, it's as big as movies now. You can do so much more, so much more character development, so much more story development, you, so much more investment from an audience. It just makes complete sense. And then, you know, then cue Netflix, and the easy access to this content, it's a game, it was a game changer, right? So at that point I was like, okay, I, that's what I need to do. I need to move into television. My gut says that's the future, that's what I need to do. So glad I did. It was absolutely the right decision. Um, and I was very fortunate to get on a couple of huge TV shows and, and then eventually came to, to LA and, and joined HBO, which again, I'm very grateful for having done so. The, the film industry, though, it, is, it has been dying to some extent because for different reasons. Um, and this year, you know, cinema industry has closed down. No one's going to the cinema. And there's been a lot of difficult... There have been a few releases which have not done well for obvious reasons. Um, 
And then Warner Media just made this announcement that they're releasing all the movies on HBO Max next year. Um, firstly, to say to that is, I think it's absolutely the right decision. Um, whether it was dealt with in the right way, I don't personally. I don't. I don't think so. Um, you know, I think there should have been conversations before. Um, but I think that that the premise is correct because. The cinema industry, the, the big issues I see with it, there's a couple of big issues. The first is that people who really want to go to cinema, to the cinema to watch movies, is a real niche amount of people. It's not the masses. The masses don't care. That's the reality. The masses do not care about going to the cinema. And there's, there's a couple of other caveats to that as well. One is in our homes these days, if we want to, if we care about that cinematic experience, you have a great big fucking television, you have a good sound system and you set it up at home in the comfort of your own home. And it's, you pay 10, 15 bucks a month for a subscription and you get all the content as opposed to paying 15, 20 bucks for a single seat in the cinema to get one movie. So that's a problem. The, the, the connection to that as well is the, the cost of the cinema. To go to the cinema, it costs you 15, 20 bucks per person plus, plus consent, uh, concessions what wait what are they called i always get that yeah, concessions. Yeah. Uh -huh. okay, um, plus concessions <laughs> so the reality is that that cinema the industry prices a huge amount of audience out of going to the cinema stupid fucking business i'm sorry that is so fucking dumb if you want people to go to the cinema make it affordable like make it sustainable as opposed to unobtainable terrible um so there's those two big things and and the, the third is if, if I were to like zoom out and, and look at objectively as an industry, you think any other industry in the world right now, and, and a good example will be, you know, the, the energy industry, oil and gas, all those big companies know that there is a timeline on what they're doing. There's, there's, the future for them is, is not what it is right now because the world is changing, right? And also we're running out of fossil fuels and whatnot, um, whether we like it or not. Um, they are pivoting. Those big companies are finding ways to go into renewable energy and pivot their business and expand and whatnot because they know they have to be innovative and they have to be prepared for it. The cinema industry, on the other hand, is firstly, prior to the pandemic was suffering. Pandemic hit, suffering even more. And during all this time, this last few years, streaming and television and access to this content has grown and grown and grown, made easier and easier and easier. Instead of doing anything about it, the cinema industry is saying it's tradition, movies are meant for the cinema, come to the cinema. There's no innovation, there's no pivoting, there's no thinking, how can we change what we do? How can we make it more accessible? How can we make it an experience? How can we make it more interesting? There is none of that. All you have is uh, generally powerful author filmmakers saying the cinema is, we need it, we need it, it's so important. And I understand why they're saying it, but that's not the reality for the majority of people. And, and just to say, I'm one of those, like Parasite last year, I watched that in the cinema three times, including one time in black and white. Like I cared about watching that on the big screen and big sound, but I'm part of that niche. And also that one film, you know, is an exception as, you know, for most films that we watch, I don't care to watch them in the cinema. There's only a handful of movies that I really care about going to, or would like to go to the cinema to view. So all that said, the cinema industry is going to die, I think so, and over the next 10 years. Um, and and what, what I think it will become will be this kind of this cool nostalgic event. You know, you go to a, an old school cinema, old school for these days, which will be much less of them, and it'll be a boutique experience. 
And the cyclical nature of it, though, it will then grow again within the next several decades. It will become more popular to watch movies on the big screen because it will be different. It will be new as opposed to the streaming. People will want to get out of the house. They'll want to have that experience because hopefully, again, at that point, they would have been more innovative and, and had better ideas about how to attract people to come watch on the big screen. In a kind of nutshell. <laughs> you make a lot of uh, provocative points. Um, one is that the cinema industry is dying. Yes, I agree that the cinema industry before COVID was dying. But I think and just for clarity, so just for clarity on that, not the film industry, the cinema right, industry. Cinema, like go yeah. into the yeah. show. Well, in Chicago, we say the show, meaning go into the movie theater. Of course, yeah. So before COVID, I thought that it was dying too, but my perspective was because of the content. I feel like now we are living at a time where long it's either long form content, like a TV show, like a series, or super short content are key, like TikToks and smaller videos that you watch on Instagram. Yep that those seem to be successful. But I really think it's the meat of the content. Uh, I think that nowadays, I don't really see many movies that, again, this is just from my perspective, and then I'll take it to the macro. I don't see that many movies or trailers for movies that I want to see. Like, they just don't look good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't spark my interest. Um, so that's why I thought that it was dying before. Um, but I don't know if it's going to completely die because going to the movies or going to the show is such an American thing. Mm -hmm. America is the um, pinnacle. It is the, um, it is the face of movie making, TV making. Everybody looks at Hollywood as the, the place that churns out the best the most popular and so going to see an american movie anywhere in the world is an event but especially here in america going to the show with your family like let's say you are a mother with children or your father with children mother and father with children it's an event also going to the show is like a plan b anytime that you can't think of anything to do but you want to yeah. go outside the house let's go to the show you know what I mean? Yep. And then you go yep. to the show. Mm -hmm. Going to the show is an experience. So yes, it is expensive. And I do agree it should be more affordable. But then I got to think, like, this, the show isn't a government program. You know what I mean? Like, there's no Sunday. Like, there's a reason why they are marking up the price. Has mm -hmm. to do with, and you know this, has to do with the distribution company. So a Warner Brothers people who wants yep. to get their cut. And the box office wants to get their cut, and then whoever's owning that space, they have to pay their rent or pay their mortgage, whatever it is. So that's what goes into the $20 ticket mm -hmm. along with the concession. So while I agree it is dying, I don't know if it's going to die. Do you know what I mean? I think to your point, yeah, I, I, I agree. They have to, you know, come up with more creative ways to show a film, but I have to say that I find a lot of value in seeing certain movies on the big screen. 100%. My Samsung TV is not the same as a movie theater screen with mm -hmm. the Dolby Auto audio or whatever. 
and also having particularly with other black people if i'm going to the show and it's a black black theater watching get out in a black theater is an experience okay mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and there's nothing like it at all watching a marvel movie i've actually never experienced a marvel yes i have black Panther. so watching black panther in the theater with other people is an experience that you cannot get at right. your home a movie like Tenet, for example, that is meant to be watched on a large screen. You know what I mean? Like watching it on a uh -huh. small screen at home is not, it doesn't do it justice. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, I, I'm just in this feeling that, yeah, you know, like the cinemas like are dying, but I don't think they'll ever be dead, you know? That's, I, I completely agree. It'll just, they'll downsize, they'll, you know, there weren't like in LA, for example, in Santa Monica, there's four cinemas, five cinemas. There'll be one, maybe two, you know, in in, in a few years because they're just, in fact, there's two AMCs like a, a block or two from each other. That's, that's terrible business, like just having in one place. Like that's it. Um, and, and as I said before, I'm someone who likes to go to the cinema for the right movies. And I don't, though the cinema industry is. I was, dying is not the right word because I don't think it's dying. I just think it's shrinking um, because it's less appealing these days. And, and it, there's so much choice for other stuff to do as well. There really is than, than there ever used to be and freedom with that, um, you know, pandemic aside. So it just, it's, it's just a difficult time. And as I say, every industry that is in trouble in this world, this day that survive and are smart, they innovate, they change, they pivot. And there's there's not been any semblance of that, and that's what that's what makes me more believe more that they're really gonna you know slow you know decline in a big way because they're not trying, they're not trying to be creative, and yeah. that's that's the, the irony of that right considering the the business. Okay. Um, so so that's it. So and and it's sad to me by the way that that is a reality, but I also get it. You know if if I could only watch if I watch one or two films a year in the cinema, I'm okay with that quite honestly. And I and I'm a film and TV maker. I, that's what I do. I love it. And, and I believe in, you know, Chris Nolan makes Tenant and he wants, wants it on the big screen. And that's what it's intended for. I get that. I completely understand that. Why wouldn't you want that? And, and, and it should be. Um, but I just, it's not, it's not for everyone and not for most people. Most people don't need it um, or even like strive for it. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they'll very much make do with what, what they get. Um, so what I will say to that though is, the cinemas that do keep going, it's going to be big franchise movies and then Oscar bait. It's it's going to be this. I don't think there's going to I don't think there's going to be many lower budget movies in the cinema moving forward mm -hmm. unless it's Oscar bait. I don't think there's any or many middle of the ground like budget wise movies that are going to be in the cinema anymore because they'll go to streaming. It makes complete sense. Um, so it'll be the big ones or the 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 special ones. Mm -hmm. I would say that that's what it will go into. Um, which will keep the industry alive, by the way. I think it will absolutely keep it thriving to an extent, but yeah. far from far from its glory days. Yeah, I'm curious to know what that real estate is going to um, be. Then mm -hmm. they have a, a lot. Um, they do have a lot, um, but the, the, the real estate is. Uh, the end of this, I mean, let's talk about 2021 a bit and what we think is going to happen. But the real estate industry is and commercial real estate I'm talking about is such an interesting thing to think about next year, because there's going to be so many unoccupied spaces as, as uh, you know, repercussions from the pandemic. And we won't know until we know, you know, until we walk along the high street on an, when we're back in the normal world to say, well, shit, every other door is closed. 
that's really sad and kind of scary. And, and I'm sure the cinemas will be the same. You know, you kind of, it's going to, it almost will, like the pandemic will almost create a certain dystopian aesthetic to our neighborhoods, you know, for the next few years. I think. It's already happening here in New York, for sure. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, New York, I'm sure you'll see it, you know, mm -hmm. under a magnifying glass, really. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, okay, so uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions as well uh, for you. All right, let's but, do it. What, what um what inspired you the most this year um what inspired me the most this year um well something inspired me the most this year i won't mention it so i'll go with um one of the things that inspired me the most this year um i will go with um i'll go with my niece i'll go with my niece nyla nyla Shout out JJ too, but Nyla inspired me. Like, um, she's five years old. She is a relationship person. She loves just uh, having conversations with people. Mm -hmm. um, she just inspires me because she just ad adapts to like any situation. She also, actually, more notably, when I was home in Chicago um, a couple months ago. Um, I ended up buying like a yoga mat. Good. So I could continue to, you know, stretch and do my whole routine in Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. And then she saw the yoga mat and she was just like, and she gym but at the school, I told her and she said, well, can I, can I do this with you? I said, sure. We honestly never got to do it because every time I did it, it was in the morning, she was on her way to school. But the point I'm making is, Nyla's the kind of person who will meet you where you are just so that she can spend time with you. Because the stretching wasn't really like something she wanted to, maybe she wanted to do it, I don't know, but it was more about her being with me, with Auntie Jim. Mm -hmm. And so that really inspired me because it made me look at my relationship, particularly my relationship with my partner, where there are certain things that I don't want to watch, particularly football, all day long, okay? Um, <laughs> but I'll do it because that's what you know that's what he's interested in and then i'll end up finding something within football that maybe strikes me as interesting enough to watch it do you know what i mean mm -hmm. so I yeah she's one of the the reasons i was inspired this year mm -hmm. it, it sounds as well like she has a, a curiosity about things which is yeah very a much wonderful so. wonderful attribute to have um, especially in a kid um, and yeah. as you grow older and to kind of keep that curiosity is that's that's where you excel in life you know yeah. always be curious always be asking questions and always be looking to learn right and that's you yes. know as, and at the same time you can build a relationship even better amazing yeah, yeah that's cool i like that a lot um okay um for, for me it was um i guess three things but the combination of the three is like just beyond inspiring this year for different reasons but the combination of walking music and marijuana you know all three of those things individually phenomenal and inspiring in their own way but the combination of the three it just it's blown it blown my mind where my where my mind is at now i guess from having done that so much so much this year um i worked so through over three thousand miles i've walked this year like well over three thousand um wow. over 60 60,000 minutes of music throughout the year um and i don't know how many uh you know joints i've smoked or whatever but you know not as many 
but a few. <laughs> um, and so that's, that's those, the combination of those three has been so inspiring this year and just given me, I, I find that um, my ability to process and work and, and create and um, all those kind of things, it's so easy for me to do when I'm doing that. I love it. I love it so much. That's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I have another question for you. Um, what are you most grateful for this year? I am most grateful for um, I'm most grateful for my resilience. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. That any challenge that comes my way, I am I am able to be resilient. I'm able to creatively solve the challenge mm -hmm. uh, and, and be resilient. That's what I'm grateful for, particularly this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it takes a lot of resilience to survive and, and thrive in 2020, thrive. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's opening the creative doorways in me, I think. You know, having that, that time and freedom and space to do that is, is very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, okay. Um, one thing that you're particularly excited about in 2021 um what am i excited about i am excited about starting my spanish service business uh so this year i fine-tuned my spanish i actually went to i may have mentioned this before but i went to a language academy when i was a kid and every single kid had to choose a language to focus on and mine was spanish and so like many many people when you're not immersed in it, you can kind of lose it. You know, you hear it they here and there, sure. you can understand the word. So, um, you know, this year with the way that I focus every single day and making it intentional, um, I was just really disciplined on Rosetta Stone. I even ended up taking a five week course with uh, somebody, a, a, a Venezolana woman, like a Venezuelan black woman this year watching everything in Spanish, I have my phone in Spanish, and I am completely like fluent now in Spanish. There are like some words, wow. what does that mean? But it's very similar to English, where you might hear a word, like concessions, and you'll be like, what the fuck is that? Like, that's what it is for me now. Um, wow. Anyway, I am going to start that service business in the new year to help other people learn the language, to specifically be conversationally fluent, and then um, to help kids that are in school, you know, pass their tests and stuff. Um, then I also want to make flashcards that are specifically for Black Americans adopting the Spanish language. And so translating certain Black American phrases into Spanish as a fun way to get a conversation in, in the home. So that's what I'm really, really looking forward to. Love it. That's that's uh, amazing and inspiring. and, and uh... I know even at the beginning of this year, you were, you know, you were learning and, and focusing on your Spanish and you certainly were not fluent then and you certainly had a long way to go. So to hear that now is really impressive. So well yeah. done. That's a really great use of, of some of your time. You know, what's funny too, is that when I was at HBO in the LA office, Brent, I wasn't fluent then, but I was conversationally fluent. And so Brent heard me speaking one time and it like freaked he was like, oh my God. He was like, yeah, he was like, you speak it better than I do. Uh, but Brent understands it way more than he can speak it. 
I don't know if he's been working on his speaking, but um, yeah, you should you should I mean, tell. Well, I, mean, I, I actually might send him a note to be like. You should do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The thing with Brent is his his vocabulary is, is kind of like in grunts and moans and 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 whatnot. That's really how he communicates. <laughs> it's not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Um, okay. Um, 2021 exciting for me. There's two things I'm pretty excited about. Um, yeah. Actually, three things. Three things. The first thing is I will get to see my friends and family in the UK. So excited to get yeah. back to England. I'm very excited about that. Second thing is to have my book printed and, and distributed and whatnot. I'm very excited about that. And then the third thing is, um, uh, for the listeners that don't know, I started uh, like a golf tournament two, less than two years ago with like eight people. It's grown and grown and, and I just got corporate sponsorship for it. And we'll be doing my tournament in Los Angeles probably towards the end of the year, kind of post-COVID time. And that's really exciting to have, you know, that, I, you know, I built that from nothing and through relationships and just, you know, perseverance and it's, it's really grown and I'm really excited about it. Right on. I yeah. love it. I love big, it. Big, big year ahead. Many things. Um, okay. Is, is there anything else you, um, you want to talk about? Yeah. I want to ask you some questions. How funny you and I are really um, alike. So, um, I just decided to like make up a game, make up a quick game for you. Love it. Love it. Called Choosy Lover. And so Choosy Lover is actually a song by the Isley Brothers. And right. I just chose it because you have to choose one thing over the other. That's why it's called Choosy Lover. Okay. Oh, that's, that's already going to be difficult. I know you're going to give me some good ones. Okay. I am going to give you some good ones. So get ready. Mm -hmm. Um, first one up. For this year, would you choose COVID-19 or a second term of President Trump? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. It's a really, okay. So this one I have to think about for a brief second. Um, and, and immediately my mind is going, how much more damage can Donald Trump do? The second part of it is that COVID-19 is worldwide. It's not just in the US, whereas, you know, Donald Trump really only has, I mean, obviously has an effect on the rest of the world, but predominantly this country. So I would choose a second term of Trump as opposed to COVID-19. I would agree. I would have to. Mm -hmm. Second one. <laughs> <laughs> For you to take the COVID vaccine in the US or mm -hmm. a second term of President Trump? Oh, I, I would take the vaccine here. You know, what? I, I wouldn't. I would take it here. I, would, I wouldn't take it right now. Like, there's going to be some advancements in the next few months. I, I'm way back on the list, so the reality is, I'm not going to get a chance to get it for many months. And uh, maybe I'll feel differently then. But I, as we've discussed this before, I don't have any history or like I don't have any things inside me that's like, oh shit, I don't want to get a vaccine. I've had different vaccines in the past. Um, I've always personally been okay with it. It's never affected me. So I, I don't have any worry about getting that. Okay, because you did mention on our politics episode, which I thought was hilarious. You're like, yeah, I would take it, but in the UK. <laughs> like, I was not expecting you to say that. If, so if, I, I, if I, I have that choice. Yeah. Time. Yeah. But even so that you saw that the, um, the Oxford vaccine has just been approved in the UK as well. So if I could take that vaccine over the US vaccines, I would probably do it. And, that, and that's not necessarily because I don't trust the US vaccines. It's more just, you know, I, I trust the UK a little bit more, I guess. 
Okay, got it. Uh, this is a nasty one, okay? Oh, gosh. Smelling Senator Mitch McConnell's butt or a second term of President Trump? I'm smelling Mitch McConnell's butt, <laughs> for sure. For sure. That is like, straight like, dead ass, okay, that you would be smelling, man. Good lord. Yeah, but, but again, that's an easy one because it's like, okay, that's going to affect me, whereas the other choice is going to affect millions and millions of people. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's, no, there's, 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 no, there's, no, there's no debate in that. It's easy. That's a good one. Last one, golfing or walking? Uh, golfing, because golfing combines the two of them as well. And it's just, you know, I love walking, um, but uh, it does combine the two of them. The only, yeah, that's actually a bit more difficult because then if I'm not walking anywhere, I'm not really taking pictures. Um, but I think I'd still have to choose golf because I'm, I'm just, I'm passionate about it. I love it. And I love the, um, the intricacy of golf and the, the real self-discipline and work you have to do in order to, to do well at golf and improve because it's, it's difficult to improve at golf and you have to work at it. Um, so I like that about it. And, and the other thing with the golf course um, is you're generally there with people you like, people you enjoy their company in beautiful places. It's fucking great. I love it. You know, whereas walking is much more isolated, which again, as you know, I like being on my own. I like doing my own stuff. Um, but I would, I would choose golf. That's a good question. Good. That's a good one. Did a good yeah. job right. choosing lover. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> That's that's great. Good. I I should have come with a game. I, I I like that a lot. That's good. Um, what about for for um talking of games? What about your apartment four E for twenty twenty? Um, what are you gonna get rid the world of in twenty twenty? And and we're gonna we're gonna veto Trump and the coronavirus because they're both already in there. So it's gonna be it's gonna be something else. You know, something that's sig significant to you, I guess. Okay. Or you know, or like that that you you know. I would put in uh oh right no COVID nineteen stuff. I would put in um <laughs> I would put in shit. I don't know, and I didn't even think about it. Damn it! Did you think about it? Okay, I have an answer. Give yours first. Uh, for me, it's aggression in general, and and it is loaded a little bit because I've thought a lot about this in the last few months um, with kindness in mind in general and dealing with conflict and dealing with uh, animosity and, and, and you know, uh, disagreement, where we are taught from a very young age that aggression is a very normal thing, that, that in conflict, people raise their voices, they get angry, they, 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 their, their temperature rises, right? They, they get anxious, they get, their heart rate goes up. Any TV show you ever watch, and I and movie you ever watch, and I understand because conflict is what's interesting, right? And it's a reflection of what the reality is. You see that. That's that's you. You never. You'll never watch a show where someone peacefully resolves something because that's not interesting. The reality, though, is that that's a choice. As human beings, we can choose to deal with our issues in in a much more subdued, kind and appropriate way and whatever the situation you're always going to get a better result leading with that mentality as opposed to leading with an aggressive reactive defensive response and i've obviously been guilty of all of those things in the past and i'm sure i will be in the future but for me i'm like as best as possible as i move forward and, and have been there's just better ways to deal with things and and i wish that that was more prominent in our society um 
and and so therefore I want to put aggression in to try and try and aid that mentality. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Aggression. Hmm. Okay. Um. For me, uh, what would I put in there? I would put in uh Giselle Bryant fake relationship with Pastor Jamal Bryant in Apartment 40. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? But um, it's the show I watch called The Real Housewives of Potomac. <laughs> and it's a dramatic show <laughs> with these beautiful ladies of Potomac, Maryland. And Giselle is a three-tier chin woman. I only say that because she's terrible. She's kind of a terrible person. Um, okay. Who introduced a fake relationship with a philandering pastor. That turns, turns out it was a fake relationship. So I just want to put that in apartment four. I put all of that <laughs> in apartment four E. Um, that's so hilarious. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that that's a good one. Okay. Um, anything else you want to tack on for twenty twenty or thoughts on twenty twenty one? Just uh, I'm actually thankful for twenty twenty. I'm really thankful. Um, I experienced a lot of challenges this year. So did my family. Um, but um, we're all very thankful. I'm thankful for the challenges. I'm thankful for the things that are opposite of challenges. I'm just thankful for living and that I'll always have the resources. And yeah, I always have the resources and the wherewithal to to face and overcome challenges. So mm-hmm. that's what I want to say about 2020. Thank you, Lord, for 2020, because I'm a stronger person now. And I don't know if this kind of accelerated growth would have ever happened without a lot of things happening in my life. So thank the Lord. Um, I, I 100% agree with all of that, apart from thanking the Lord, because you know, that's not my thing, but um, it, it, the 2020, I, I'm thankful for 2020, you know, for the, the positive elements of it for me and, and for the people around me. And uh, as, as I said earlier, I'm more inspired and creative and, fulfilled than I've ever been in my entire life. I'm happier than I've ever been in my entire life. I'm fitter than I've ever been. Um, I just care for myself more. I care for other people in a much healthier way and a better way um, and more so than I ever have. And um, and, and it also that my family are closer than they've ever been, which I'm sure is not an uncommon thing, you know, for everyone. It's, it's it brought people closer together a lot. And I'm really grateful for that as well, because my family, my immediate family has never been as close as it is right now. And that's, that's really, really cool. Um, so um, should we talk about next season a little bit? What we're planning on doing? Okay. So for our, for our law listeners who will listen to next season, um, this season was, uh, you know, we, we talked about a rela- serious relationships in our lives that we, you know, money and, and romantic partners and, and, and uh, politics and whatnot, all really important subjects to us and that affect us on a day-to-day basis. What we thought might be interesting for season four, um, for next season, is Jen and I are going to kind of do an autobiography of ourselves throughout the season. So from starting from episode one, we'll be in our early formative years, um, from, you know, one to seven years old, maybe. And the season two would be the next age bracket, next age bracket. And what we'll talk about in that time is the significant moments that, that made us who we are today the things that were hard, the things that were easy, the things that we enjoyed, the things that we hated. And, and in particular, the, the comparison between mine and Jen's experience, you know, and, and learn about how we, we both came to be the people we are today. Um, and eventually we'll build to what we hope and, and, and expect for the future 
um, towards the end of the season. So I think it'd be a really interesting um, way to look at our lives because I know for me, I've never done that, looked at it in that detail and gone through it like that. So I'm sure it's going to be really cathartic and interesting for both of us. Um, and hopefully for the audience, I think it'll also be really interesting on one hand, if you want to get to know us a bit better and on another to, to maybe offer a tool in a way for you to do the same thing and to really look at the important key significant moments in your life that, that made you who you are today. Um, and that, that's what the real inspiration for this, you know, that idea was to really nail down on who we are and why we are those people. And thanks to you, David, for that idea, because I think it's, um, it's um, really, it's just beautiful. It's really uh, creative. Um, I think, I think it's going to be something more than we even really think it is, you know? I agree. Um, mm -hmm. Especially because, you know, I'm American, you're British. I'm a woman, you're a guy. I'm black, you're white, you know, like, <laughs> like, I think, um, comparing, yeah, comparing our, um, our growth over the years is going to be pretty transformative. I also want to give like a, a sneak peek into what maybe the season's going to look like only because, um, my cousin called me yesterday. My cousin is, 36. Um, but when I was younger, um, I used to write her letters when she was in college. I don't even remember that. What I do remember, and she went to Spelman College, stand up Spelman. It's in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. It's uh, an HBCU, all women school. And um, actually, no, she's not going to Spelman. Oh my God, she's going to kill me. She went to Clark Atlanta University, which is in that sort of um, that sort of class, but it's Spelman right. and CAU. So anyway, sorry, Jason. Anyway, um, she was decluttering her house and she found a letter for me. She said, I didn't date it, but I do tell her in the letter what grade I'm in. And so I probably will share this in our episode about this. So this is what I said. Dear Tirsa, I thought it would be nice if I wrote you a letter because I've been thinking about you for a long time. I just wanted to know what you've been doing. Tell VC I said hi, and I spelled hi H-Y, or I don't know. My teacher is mean. I'm in third grade. I like spelling, math, and reading. My friends are kind of nice. Some of my friends say, quote, that I am nice. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's little, amazing. I don't even know if you can see it, but that's it. I can see it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the next season. Um, yeah, and just seeing our similarities, differences. I think um, yeah. that's the goal of our podcast, right? Is to um, celebrate our differences, um, to come together to create beautiful things because of our differences, and then also acknowledge our similarities. So, exactly that exactly that yeah and we have we have lots of both of them that's mm -hmm. for sure yes. but it but it works but it works um okay mm -hmm. that's 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 really exciting that was a, a good exit and it's made me already think or at least and i'm sorry mom if you listen to this but i'm going to be asking you to be going through a lot of stuff <laughs> trying to try and find these little gems get ready get ready mom 
Uh-huh, exactly. Um, okay, good. Um, well, look, I mean, the other thing to say is thank you to our guests for this season. Um, and, and again, you, you know, you said thank you to me for the idea for next season. Thank you to you for the idea for this season because this was all your idea. And, it, and even when we got into it, um, it, it was, I thought it was a great idea then. And having been through it, it's fucking incredible. Uh, you know, as, as we talked about earlier on in this episode, it's, it's been so incredibly beneficial. So thank you to you for that. Um, and thank you to all our guests for, for p- taking part and joining us on the episodes and really being, and really adding value to what we were talking about. And at the same time, being vulnerable yourself and, and being open with us and, and the audience um, and at times yourself um, with, with these subjects. Um, and there's a few I can think of in particular who really went down that path. So, so thank, but thank you to everyone. It's been, it's been fantastic. And we're, we're really grateful. Amen. Yeah. Okay, Jen. Well, look, happy new year for tomorrow. Um, and I'll, I'll speak to you in, in next year, I guess. All right. Happy new year.